it can be attractive to start a fund. Market conditions will definitely dictate whether or not that's something that you want to do. There's a lot of operational hurdles that make people not want to start a fund. Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we share how we have done over $200 million in real estate deals to create, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. If you're ready to start investing with purpose, visit freefromwallstreet.com. But for now, let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. My name is Steve Libman and I am your host. Today, we're gonna pull the curtain back a little bit on what we've been up to and why it has been significantly harder than we thought and taken more time than we've thought. Like much of what business is about, we are optimists at heart as business owners and entrepreneurs and that often leads us down a rabbit hole of things that need to get fixed things that need to get changed. So you heard us talk recently about the fund that we're going to be launching, $100 million equity fund for accredited investors, basically taking equity positions in multifamily self-storage, senior housing, student housing type real estate investments partnered with institutional capital. So if you don't know, the reason that we thought that starting a fund would be good, just to recap on one of our previous podcasts is because it's better for the investor, right? So we always are trying to look at it from the investor's perspective. We are investors first and we co-invest into the fund and to these deals with our clients. But we're always trying to figure out what is the competitive advantage of investing with us? How do we diversify risk? How do we hedge against downside risk? And also how do we get the most even playing field for all of our investors, right? If investor A is into a deal that's sold for many more millions than investor B, why is it that investor A gets all the benefit, right? So we like the idea of um, diversifying not only the risk, but the benefit throughout the entire fund and fund structure. So the other reason selfishly is that we often have more deals than money. Meaning whenever we get a deal under contract, we have to go and scramble and find the capital to close on that deal, which is kind of the nature of the business and it's not that big of a deal except when you have multiple deals in the pipeline you're not sure if you can close them all right so that is getting out in front of the capital curve is a good reason to start a fund as well so we know now how much capital is in the fund we know what deals we could do we know how many deals we can do this next quarter six months here whatever depending on commitments and it diversifies the investor and gives them more of a set it and forget it perpetual fund perspective versus deal by deal. And you're locked into that deal for five years or so, right? This The fund gives you some different variables. So anyway, if that sounds interesting to you, make sure you go to the Investor Club, integrityhg.com, sign up for the Investor Club. We can talk to you about whether or not it's a fit for you. But I want to talk about some, some of the challenges that we've had in the past. I guess we've been at this for about four months. So challenge number one is... What type of fund do you start? So you have open-ended, you have closed-ended, you have, and the difference is simple, right? Your closed-ended fund gives you a period of time that you can raise capital into and a period of time in which you're going to unwind the fund, meaning sell off the assets and give money back. An open-ended fund or a perpetual fund is one that stays open and you can continue to reinvest in that fund if you're the investor, you can continue to deploy capital if you're the general partner, and it can kind of stay open in perpetuity so that you don't have to continue to move money around every 
two, three, five years, whatever. So there's some benefits to that, right? There's some negative aspects to it as well in terms of just how, how are you um, contemplating the complexity. So I think what we underestimated first was the complexity of how you're going to run the operational side of it from the deal by deal syndication that we used to do where we would raise capital, deploy it into a, a deal, and then manage the capital in that deal. Pretty straightforward, right? We have one deal, it's producing this much cash flow, we're making distributions, and then when we sell it, we sell it, and that's it. A perpetual fund that diversifies all the investors now means that all of that capital is going to get managed throughout all of the capital that's coming in through the entire portfolio. Distributions are going out through the entire portfolio. Upside equity is getting split throughout, uh, is getting shared throughout the entire portfolio, things like that. So there was a lot more complexity than I think we first gave credence to. And then two, you know, another is the, the team that you choose, right? So we had an idea of what we were contemplating for the fund. We had an idea of how we wanted it to function. And it came from a couple of other funds that we saw and we liked some things in this fund and we liked some things in that fund. And, you know, we're trying to create something that is simple, easy to understand, but also gives the right return profiles to our investors while also minimizing the complexity, which sounds great, but insofar as being able to do that creates its own complexity in and of itself. Because to make it simple, right, means you have to analyze, identify, and then overcome complexities that are in these other funds. Making sure you have a fantastic legal team is a big part of that, right? And we went about 70% down the road replicating and duplicating a bunch of different people's funds where we were trying to come up with our own idea about it, but some of the language was being taken from these other funds and trying to distill it down into the language for our own. And that became problematic because we, we essentially had a cut and paste attorney, right? Who was just trying to take the ideas from these others and smash it into a new private placement memorandum. And that is not what we were looking for. Um, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, right? Not not unfortunately. Unfortunately, it would have been we launched the fund and we found this out a couple months later. So fortunately, we recognized that this was happening and we were having some issues understanding operationally how it would work. And so we went and got a second opinion and they started asking a lot of questions, right? Instead of just saying, oh, you want to do this? Let me put the paperwork together. They started asking a lot of complex questions on operationally how we were going to do some things. Are we going to have a third party fund manager? The answer was yes. How are they going to be reporting to the client? When were they going to be reporting to the investor? How are they going to be reporting to us, right? So a lot of these questions revealed some operational tactics that we needed to really dig through before the launch of the fund, which was great because before we didn't even think about these things because we weren't getting asked the questions in terms of how the private placement memorandum was getting written, how the operating room was getting written, and how that related to day-to-day -day functionality. Because you know, writing something on paper and having people agree to invest in a fund that's essentially supposed to do X, and then operationally being able to implement that strategy is very different, right? You, they have to be correlated in some way. So the first hiccup was spending maybe two, two and a half months of time trying to complete paperwork that was never going to get completed anyway because it was wrong.
So we had to pull the ripcord on that. And we found uh, another fantastic firm that was able to really dig in and understand the uh, purpose and what we were trying to commit to with our investors in, in terms of like how it was going to operate, right? What was the intention behind how we were creating this fund? So that was a big holdup on our end. And then you have some other complexity issues in terms of like, who is the client going to be? Is it going to be accredited investors, non-accredited investors? What's the difference? And there's a lot of differences in terms of what the SEC allows in terms of uh, advertising, net worth requirements, things like that. So, you know, we, we wanted to really dig in and see who is our target market. You know, you're, you're essentially creating an asset management company now, right, while starting a fund. And you have to figure out the right regulatory and tax efficient fund structures and the right service providers and ask the proper fund questions so that you could figure out the proper fund operations and then the capital base, right? So these are the types of things that we're trying to figure out. I mean, just fund jurisdiction and structure like we were talking about before, depends on who the LP is, right? Who's the limited partner? Are they accredited? Are they non-accredited? Depending on who they are, you're also going to want to determine where should the fund's jurisdiction be? There's a massive amount of regulatory tax and reporting implications if you decide to open a fund that's open to, say, U.S. and non-U.S. based investors. So, you know, just figuring all this out, right, thinking these things through while also operating $150 million of assets that we have under management, a couple hundred investors. So we're we're working on the day to day of the business while also launching this fund with all of these (laughs) pretty complex features to it. So now we have switched to um, a couple of third party operations specialists that are helping with, uh, you know, NAV, for example, is doing our third party fund management. They have a couple hundred billion under management. This is what they do. This is, you know, they, they run some large Wall Street firms. And we like the idea of having a third party present because you have third party audited financials, you have third party fund management. It gives another layer of complete transparency to the investor, which is what we love. Um, and that's why we did it. So fund administrators help you with onboarding, fund accounting, the net asset value calculations, which we have to do every single year, investor reporting, when we're doing capital calls, investment proceeds, allocations and distributions. So they help with a lot. They are even helping us with, uh, they have a full tax department that's doing all the tax reporting as well. So then you have to figure out the fund economics, right? So how do we make money through the fund, right? What kind of fees are we charging? Is there a split structure past the fee structure? And then, you know, so compensation depends on the size of the fund, our investment success, you know, or is that going to be a fund? Is the fund going to be a profit center at all? Or are we still getting paid on the operational side of the deal? So a lot of questions to get answered. And then once you answer those questions, that has to fit into the operating agreement so that the investors understand how that's going to work, right? And then you have fundraising. Now, fundraising historically has been what we're really good at. So we're not what you would call an emerging fund operator or capital raise company. We've been raising capital for over a decade and have um, a ton of new and existing investors that we have great relationships with. So raising the capital for new fund managers, that should be something that you're going to be thinking about. Otherwise, you just want to do the deal by deal, which is kind of what we started with when we were doing each individual deal and we were raising 
capital for um, every project. Again, that's why we wanted to start a fund so we don't have to do that. We can get ahead of the deal flow and we can know which deals we're going into. You know, look, there, there was a lot of things that we didn't know while we were starting to launch. And I know a lot of our existing investors that are ready to deploy capital have been asking us like, hey, when are we going to be launching this fund? We've been talking about it for months. And there has just been a lot of unknown unknowns that we really needed to make sure we had tight operationally for the investor's purpose as well as ours. So it can be attractive to start a fund, right? Market conditions will definitely dictate, you know, whether or not that's something that you want to do. There's a lot of operational hurdles that I think make people not want to start a fund. And sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? We, we had to deal with these problems as they came throughout the process. And now that we have finalized all the paperwork, finalized all the third parties and are finally launching, it's, um, it's exciting. We've learned a lot. We've drank through a fire hose for the last four months. So we thank you guys so much for bearing with us. And hopefully this is helpful if you're thinking about starting a fund or if you're investing into a fund, asking some of these questions that we just went through, because there's a lot that goes into it. I think, you know, sometimes it's easy to minimize the amount of work that we need to do to be successful. And after, you know, almost a dozen years in this business, we understand that it's better to spend the time up front making sure that it runs efficiently and effectively than trying to change things on the fly. Because who knows, it's much harder to paint a moving car than it is to make sure that it's painted before it leaves the paint shop. So that's where we're at. We have been working tirelessly. I give a lot of props to the entire Integrity team. Everybody has had their head down, not only working with the deals that we're already doing, right, on, and it, working on investor updates for all the, all the investors that have already deployed capital with us, but also as a side project, getting the fund up uh, and running. While we're still underwriting deals and while we're still onboarding new employees and doing a lot of other things behind the scenes. So Thank you so much for your patience, for your support. We know that we have a lot of, uh, of great supporters out there. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful, giving you some insight as to some of the stuff that we've been dealing with over the last couple of months. And uh, if you are finding value from this, would you mind just going over to the iTunes store and just leaving us a rating and a review, sharing it with your friends if you find it valuable and, uh, and letting us know. Thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. This is Steven. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think.